Hello and welcome to another episode of the Future Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wells, joined today by co-host Dustin Myers. We are partners at Longitude Branding, a hospitality branding and experience design agency. At Future Hospitality, our goal is to interview the brightest minds in the industry, gathering insights, ideas, and inspiration to share with you. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Ben Rafter, president and CEO of Springboard Hospitality, one of the largest boutique hotel management companies on the West Coast, with 36 hotels and resorts in 11 states. During our chat, we get to hear the interesting story about Ben's journey in hospitality and what led him to where he is now. We'll also hear about how he and his team are creating more custom-tailored local guides at their properties and the important role that technology and data plays in the guest experience. Well, let's go ahead and dive in. Ben, thank you so much for joining us today. We're super excited to have you on the podcast. Excited to be here. Thanks. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, we we're familiar with uh, who you are, Ben, and, and Springboard and the awesome stuff you guys are doing. But um, I'd love for our if our listeners aren't familiar with it, uh, maybe share a little bit about um, your current uh, you know role at Springboard, what what Springboard's all about, and kind of your journey and career leading up to where you're at. Sure. Springboard's 36 properties, uh, generally independent. We're, we're really a West Coast independent boutique hotel operator focused on both gateway markets, Los Angeles, San Francisco, good examples, and then a lot of leisure markets. We try really hard to fuse the two together just because you're in LA for a business trip doesn't mean you, you can't experience something that you'd want to experience on, say, a, a vacation to Hawaii. So we, we really view ourselves as one of the, you know, at this point, larger West Coast independent operators. Awesome. Yeah. So what was, you know, your current role at Springboard, what was like the journey uh, for yourself, you know, over the years? How did you come to where you're at? You know, what did that look like, uh, your career path and any interesting stories along the way? Yeah, sure, sure. I um, I probably took one of the more interesting paths in that I was a tech guy originally, and I, uh, my very first job was working in databases for Weston Hotels and Resorts back when they were in Seattle. But I probably could not have told you what RevPAR meant. I was a, a database guy and they, they locked me into the, you know, they locked me into a room and had me work on frequency programs and, and things like that. Ended up leaving Weston and doing a startup that we eventually sold to Amazon and then really did technology for the next 10 years, did, did other startups and uh, at one time had a team that basically just took the core technologies of global 2000 companies and kind of ran a DNA process with them against emerging technologies and just created new ideas. So really cutting edge technical work ended up selling another startup and oddly enough, got a call, got a call from this lifelong hotelier named Mike Pollan. And he said, you know, what are you doing? And I said, Oh, I'm on a lockout. I had a non-compete for, for a year. And he said, why don't you come to Everest with me and we'll, we'll trek around and we'll go to Everest base camp. So I flew out to, to Lukla Airport uh, in the Himalayas, 9,300 feet, met with Mike. And he was uh, he asked me what I thought of the hospitality industry. And I was dumb enough to, to open my mouth and say, you know, what we need to do is fuse larger than life hoteliers like yourself with kind of quant and analytic people like myself. And, and I think the industry would be better. And he said, okay, let's do it right on the spot. And for 15 days, we're trekking around the, the Himalayas. And um, we, we kind of formed the company just right there at, at you know, somewhere between nine and 19,000 feet. 
So cool. That's a really cool story. So yeah, one one side note I'll I'll add is he said, okay, we'll do it your way with all your your quant and analytic kind of mumbo jumbo, <laughs> but um, you've got to put your cell phone number in every single room so that you remember that uh, at the end of the day there's a real guest in there. And so we did, and at four or five properties that was nothing. But eventually, my cell phone number was in eleven thousand rooms. <laughs> oh my, that's such a cool story. Yeah. So really, from there, were you taking over existing projects and uh, applying this new way of thinking and technology, or what were some of the next steps that came out of that? Yeah, that was uh, November two thousand eight, which most of you will remember was not not a good time to be in, uh, as the world was was crashing down. And I actually think it helped us because a lot of hotel owners started looking at it saying, we, we need to do this in a better way. And it, it really worked. We, we took a new approach to revenue management. We took a new approach to how we measured ancillary spending, pretty much everything, and could quantify it to, to owners. So we started picking up hotel contracts uh, all in Hawaii. And eventually we had uh, 56 hotels, 50 of them were in state of Hawaii, your largest operator in the, in the state by a long shot. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. As far as like where Springboard's at now, I know last year, um, as I understand, uh, you know, Outrigger Lodging um, OLS relaunched and rebranded to Springboard. What are some of the, you know, what was some of the thinking and strategy behind why you guys did that? Well, so Outrigger has been, or OLS has been around for 30 years after I we sold Aqua was the name of the last company that Mr. Paul and I created. I was looking for sort of a new platform to, to really try to extend what we always had wanted to do. And OLS, I ended up buying OLS and it was a great solid platform, great people. But at, as we infused more of these ideas about both going above and beyond for the guests, sort of the, the cell phone concept uh, in the rooms and the quant side, we just, thought we wanted a name that was more reflective of, of who we think we are. So we renamed the company Springboard. You know, we, we were building a culture around it that's a little more tech oriented, a little more forward thinking, you know, hopefully means something a little bit more than, than just three initials and definitely driven more by, you know, tech and analytics. And that's what really led to the change. One other thing is now that we're back in Hawaii, um, OLS originally was Outrigger Lodging Services and we have a great company in Hawaii that technically we compete with called Outrigger. So it was also trying to avoid some confusion in the market, but really just want to reflect who we think we are as a culture now versus what might have been relevant 20 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. We get the question all the time, like when should a company rebrand or rename or start to change things? And I think hearing the reasoning behind that is definitely in line with how we would see that being necessary when when you've kind of outgrown or when your name is no longer reflective of how you want people to perceive you, then it's time to consider changes. And And it sounds like you guys made a good decision there. Yeah, thanks. Companies grow and evolve just like anybody else. And I, I think if you're not thinking about those things, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. Our big challenge was we were debating whether to do it in the middle of the pandemic or not. And at the end of the day, we decided, you know, let's, let's do it. The industry needs good news and hopefully this is perceived as good news. And so we went ahead and jumped in and, and did it, made the name change last year and really focused heavily on bringing people in who could help us start sort of building 
our culture and our brand from ground zero as the the industry sort of repairs itself too. So it should be fun. We're looking forward to seeing how it evolves in the next couple of years. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the last 12 months have not been boring at all for our industry. So while everything is shifting and changing, I, I see that as a good time to take a new stand and uh, get poised for growth in the future. Yeah, exactly. And we, we took a different approach at, at our corporate or headquarters, if you want to call it. We, we decided to keep everybody on board and just really doubled down and said, we'll, we'll have more pain in the next six to 12 months, but everybody, we originally thought six, of course, now we're at 12 headed for 18, but um, everybody in the company at, at, at our corporate office, you know, gave a little bit and we kept everybody on board and have actually expanded since then. And we're really focused on kind of executing on that now. So we're better positioned coming out. Absolutely. I'm curious, um, just from the analytical and data insights that you brought to the properties that you're working with, what are some of the and you don't have to give away all your secrets here if you don't want to, but what are the, what are some of the major things that uh, you could see being improved by approaching it from that angle? Uh, I mean, there, there are hundreds and hundreds, and we're, we're not really trying to, to build anything. We've, we've put together what we think is a framework of sort of here are the best in breed technologies of everything from property management systems to revenue management. One that I personally love is I, I think we handle content so poorly now. We, we, we don't get content in front of consumers, you know, pre-stay, and we don't interact with consumers while they're in, in hotels. And we really have a lot of canned sort of content. And then everybody's holding social media that's fairly boring uh, on top of it. You know, I, I think the next 12 to 18 months, and you've talked to some people on your various podcasts who really have shared the same vision. We need sort of fully customized content with guidebooks for real guidebooks, you know, fully customized guidebooks for all of our destinations. And we need to get in front of consumers way before they travel, whether it's a business travel or, or leisure travel, it doesn't matter. And a lot of people are you know, sort of starting to explore that space, but that one's a personal, personal interest. Yeah, that's such a huge missed opportunity for a lot of properties, I think, in the hospitality space. We we have these types of conversations all the time when we're talking about the brand and guest experience. And I think a lot of hoteliers might just envision the guest experience to only happen on property. And really, you know, just like you just mentioned, like the, the, the guest experience is happening at all different phases of the, that journey from the moment they start dreaming about visiting a property or planning to the booking process to, you know, the time between booking and their visit and during the visit, obviously. And then after the visit, there's all these different stages of the guest journey. And I think, like you said, being able to, to impact some of these different stages of the guest journeys would be such a huge value. And I think you're right that technology can play a huge role in that. Yeah. And, and people want to get out and about, uh, we, we have a property called Renew, in in Hawaii, and obviously people come to Hawaii for dozens of reasons. Some people just want to sit on a beach or, or go to a few restaurants, and but a lot of other people want to understand what Hawaii is. And this property, Renew, had no it really had no common space. It was a small seventy two room property, great location right off of Waikiki Beach, and we flipped the whole concept around and said, let's get these people out of the hotel 
and specifically try to get the people out of the hotel and start experiencing things that are unique to, to Hawaii. And so we, we call it external wellness, for lack of a better word. But with no spa or fitness center or anything, you know, we decided that the island was of our fitness center. And we hired a wellness concierge and partnered with lots of organizations. And everything from, you know, if you want to harvest cacao, we know how and where to do that. If you want to repair a Hawaiian fish pond, we were offering that, you know, down the list with experiences. And just the idea was, you know, learn something about Hawaii that you're interested in. A lot of those things you can't do anywhere else in the United States or some cases, North America. Um, and let's make that sort of the public space of the, the hotel. And then let's get it in front of the people in a way that lets them, you know, explore and figure out what they want to do. Yeah. That's a, I think the, the sustainable and like, you know, that this idea of like transformational travel is is really growing and i think what you just described is a perfect example of that you know people traveling for a purpose um to you know engage in their surroundings engage with themselves or explore um something new you know get a greater connection to themselves or to nature to the culture around them and so i think you know you know that's really cool to hear how you guys are approaching that from a wellness and programming standpoint as well that's really neat yeah, and it's it, it's all about micro-targeting. This hotel had 72 rooms. A lot of our hotels are 150, 200 rooms. I mean, the, there there are places and a lot of people who just want the comfort of knowing you know, it's the hotel equivalent of going to the Cheesecake Factory or something, right? And the Cheesecake Factory in Hawaii is enormously successful. But <laughs> we're trying to target 72 rooms, and we, we want the opposite of that. We want people who, one, as you say, is, they're, they're going to leave Hawaii a better place than they got here. And two, they really want to experience so what is the culture? Why am I here other than to, other than it's 78 degrees today instead of you know, 28. But, and, and we, uh, obviously with the pandemic, we, we've had to scale things back, but just the amount of interest in people who wanted to, you know, repair fish ponds and things was, was enormous. And that's not easy work, but they leave it, feeling like, wow, I, I, I did something and I saw how some other culture worked back you know, several hundred years ago. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I think a lot of, in times past, it's, there's been a mindset of like, where do I want to go and do? And then where am I going to stay while I'm going and doing? Um, but I love how you're kind of transforming the stay experience into the doing and the seeing and the experiencing and opting for instead of a stale workout room in the basement, um, getting people out and truly experiencing the area, creating um, creating lifelong memories really and baking that into the entire hospitality experience. Yeah, exactly. And we, we view it back in the day, you would go to your hotel room and again, there's a book that was printed by a bunch of advertisers that would show you where the nearest Louis Vuitton is. And it was all static content and none of it was customized. And you know, we're, we're learning on the fly how to serve up this content to people, but the industry needs to go to almost the opposite of that book, which is the content is real. It's custom to that hotel, which the guest has picked for a reason. And you know, most importantly, we can get it in front of the guest in a, in a way that lets them get interested. And, you know, nine out of 10 guests are not interested in uh, restoring a Hawaiian fish pond. 
But if you serve up 30 or 40 truly unique experiences, they're going to say, oh, yeah, this one's for me. And it's just wonderful when they get back to the hotel and have and are sharing these memories that we've helped be a part of. And again, it's not for everybody, but we're only targeting, in most cases, a couple hundred rooms here. From a technology standpoint, how are you guys better customizing the experience for the guests? Do you guys have an app or you mentioned social media, but how are you delivering that at an individualized level? So we, we call it the, the guest journey. And what we're trying to do is as soon as that guest books with us, and, and, and some guests don't want to communicate. They do just want to show up at the hotel and they'll figure it out when they get here. But as soon as that guest books, and a lot of these leisure markets have a, even now have a fairly long lead time, um, we start trying to interact a little bit with them. What are you interested in? You know, why are you here? We're, we're trying to effectively profile Facebook or Amazon or somebody like that is driving it. And ultimately, when they when they get here, hopefully via either technology or via a live person, we know enough to say, hey, you, you might want to do this. Or this may be some, it's not all about going to cocoa farms and things like that. This may be a restaurant that you're interested in. And basically, it's a constant feedback loop with the guests that continues after they leave. Right. And, and we've learned and added new experiences based on guests coming to us and saying, Hey, I wish, um, I wish you would have thought about this. Right. The challenging part is everybody's sensitive to content and information right now. So we're trying to do it in a way where the guest is really providing that information and we're taking what we know about a market and then serving that back to them. And it'll start. You know, five, seven, nine weeks before their stay, and then of course they'll go all the way through the stay and and, and afterwards. Yeah, I mean, you you've mentioned before. I think I heard, I either in our previous conversation or I might have read it on your website somewhere. But um, I think the term, uh, you know, you're trying to create properties. Springboard's trying to create properties that mean something to somebody. Um, and I think you know some of the things you're, you've already described kind of show how you're you're approaching that. Um, but do you have any other, you know, kind of unique or cool examples or case studies of how you've approached this at a property level as well? Yeah, I, it, it all goes back to, it's kind of funny how things in, in my life go back to a trip to Nepal. But a lot of it goes back to what this gentleman, Mike Paulin, told me in terms of, you know, you can't ever forget that at the end of the day, you you have a real live person. And in some cases, who's saved for their entire lives to to come to a place like Hawaii or, or Sedona or New York or wherever and getting a little bit off topic here, but, but the, so we're always going to try to customize that experience. And one thing we're doing with say, take social media is we got rid of both the idea of let's just do a handful of social media posts at a property and we'll get an influencer there and we'll have a nice whiteboard behind it with our logo and stuff like that. We also got rid of the idea of using an agency and in take West Hollywood, where we have four properties, we hired a person to basically go create our own neighborhood guide and her, her job. And if, if I were 23, I think it'd be a great job is learn the property, learn the neighborhood, write unique content about the neighborhood make sure it is fully customized so that we can take it. And when we know somebody is interested in X and not Y, we can customize that. And again, do the opposite of that book. 
uh, that sits in your room that was printed a year ago and is full of advertisements. So, and then that, of course, leads to better social, it leads to better content, it leads to better websites, it leads to better guest interaction and everything. We're also trying to make it a little more adventurous. When when I first came to Hawaii, I remember one day I wanted to go on a hike. And as you can guess, given the theme so far, I love hiking. And I went to the concierge of the particular hotel that I'm staying at. And I said, I want to go on a, I want to go on a hike and I really love hiking. So make it a, you know, something rigorous. And she handed me this photocopied sheet of a paved trail to a waterfall. And I said, oh, you know, that's, that's not really what I'm looking for. And she says, well, it's the only hike that we can recommend. And so, of course, I did what all of us would do. Probably I went out to the valets and one of the valets says, oh, you know, this is a great hike. You'll love it. And came back four hours later, you know, with, with a you know, cut on my leg and I'm all muddy and soaking wet because it was raining in the mountains. And the guy looks at me and was that a great hike? And I said, yeah, that was the, the best, the best hike I could have experienced. And we're trying to offer that experience. So when you go to Sedona, we're not going to give you, you know, here's random trail X, Y, Z. And when you come to Hawaii and you ask about food, we're not going to send you to, to unless you want to go to the Cheesecake Factory, we're probably not going to send you to the Cheesecake Factory. We're going to say Chinatown has this great hole in the wall dumpling shop. And sort of what in my mind holds it all together is again, customizing these neighborhood guides ourselves and then not being afraid to, to serve them up to the customer. And we're all terrified now of being sued because you gave a hiking trail that is a ski equivalent of a black diamond or a, even a blue square one. And the, the guy sprained his ankle. In, in my experience with 20 million guests at this point, probably we, we've been sued zero times for recommending that black diamond hiking trail. Yeah, yeah. that's what you just described. I, mean, I, I had a similar experience you know, with one of our clients actually. I, and uh, before we started working with them, we um, I visited the property and did kind of a little bit of a secret shopper type of approach to just staying at the property, interacting with it, and you know asking the front desk again. Like uh, you know, I was looking, I asked for a recommendation on like a nice local restaurant, and you know she kind of looked at me with a blank stare, and and she actually recommended right. I think it was uh, Applebee's to me. <laughs> Because yep. they were just right down the road, and I was like, "Well, it's not really like a local, you know." So I, th- I think there's tons of value in like spending the extra little effort to do some digging into like the local um, culture, the local scene, like opportunities dependent on the type of person that might, you know, creating personas around the people that might be visiting your property, and you know, define these types of personas, figure out content or things and content that they would like to, or they'd be interested in or adventures they'd be interested in. And I love that you guys are doing that and like merging that with your operations, your guest experience, the technology that you're integrating. And that's, that's really cool to, to hear you got how you guys are on kind of the cutting edge of that right now. Yeah. And there's a lot of learning on the way, but I, first off, I agree completely. The Applebee's examples of a classic one because it, it, the food and beverage is often where you see it. It's like, you're going to recommend the place down the street or, or the hotel's restaurant. But we've done a lot of experimenting along the way. What we wanted to do first is you know, I, I would go to a lot of these properties and we'd get the whole team together. I'm like, who knows who's the foodie here and who's the, who's the hiker here and who's the best surfer here. And we thought we'd have sort of an experience team and that it, it I think it was a good idea, but it just, it, it really didn't work. And, you know, we were going to give GoPros to people and then give them the content 
uh, from their own go from the GoPros, as long as we had a right to use it too and incorporate into the websites. And again, a little bit too much. And so we scaled back and said, let's first focus on building the content ourselves, but with somebody, it gets back to the, the person I described for West Hollywood, with somebody whose job it is to say, I'm going to go out and find the things in the neighborhood, in the culture, on the island or, or in the city that that we think our guests are going to want to do. And we'll expand it from there once we, you know, once we get our arms around it. Yeah, I love that grassroots, um, just kind of boots on the ground, figuring it out and making it authentic and it not coming from an office a thousand miles away, just trying to figure out something. But I love that approach. I think that's that's a really good way to get authentic results. Yeah, I, um, I always laugh and say you, you can't you can't create a brand or a hotel experience from the fifth floor of an office building. You know, you, you've, you've got to be out there doing it. The personal opinion, and and again, the, the great thing about the hotel industry is you, you, there there are so many different types of guests. There are millions of guests who want to go to a hotel where that hotel is the same every single time, and great for them. Again, we're able to target the guest that that wants the opposite of that. And the wonderful thing is, there's an audience for both. Yeah, absolutely. So, what's on the horizon for Springboard? Do you guys have any renovations or changes or new properties coming up yeah we we have we, we've added uh we've added almost 2,000 rooms during the, the pandemic which wow. not a lot for a major brand but that's a lot for for us um and great markets like jackson hole and, and park city hawaii two three hawaii islands um and so you know again we think those markets are great for what we're trying to do we have six uh new builds that we're working on with, with various partners. Um, you know, for everything from the first new full service property in Anchorage in many, many years to um, a property in Los Angeles that's well located for where some of the neighborhoods in Los Angeles are moving. So, I mean, it, it, going back to my tech roots again, it's sort of, we're just absolutely not gonna take our, our foot off the gas. And that, that's the only thing we know and the, the people who've joined the company have embraced that and they, they kind of love it. And it, in my mind, it's just if, if you're not going to be going full speed all the time, you're just sort of wasting your time. So we're implementing new ideas. We're figuring out new technologies. We're constantly sort of adding to that framework of best of breed or removing some of them, frankly, that, that are stopping their investments because of the pandemic. And you're finding new ways to interact with with guests. I, I'd like to be in the long term, you know, I, I'd like the company first off to be sized well enough that we don't lose sight of all these things we've talked about here. I, I don't think we ever get to 500 properties because we just wouldn't be able to do what we do. Um, but I also would like to get to the point where when people are thinking about great independent operators and particularly great independent operators on the West Coast or in, in you know, these gateway markets or leisure markets, they're, they're thinking about us. Well, I would definitely say that you're on the right path there. And uh, it's been really cool to, you know, get to know you and, you know, learn more about spring, uh, Springboard and, and all the exciting things that you guys are doing. And, um, you know, as we, as we kind of end here, I'd like to 
um, just know, like, you know, looking into the future, we always like to ask our guests, um, you know, what's, what's on the horizon for you and, and your team, or just, you know, what are you excited about for the future of the industry, the hospitality, travel, tourism industry? And, and so do you have any, um, either whether it's personal, professional or anything, is there anything that you're kind of just kind of gets you up and gets you excited in the morning every day looking ahead? Well, we're, we're, it's kind of cliche, but we're we're trying to have fun. I mean, that's the most important thing. You, you you can't change the fact that we have things like the pandemic that we're dealing with. Um, and I also love the uncertainty of you know where we're going next. A lot of people talk and say, "What well, what's the strategy?" And I say, "Well, the strategy broadly is X, but we'll work, we'll move within that." And there's enormous uncertainty right now, which is I view as opportunity. But beyond the, the guest life cycle and the customization, I would say we in hotels have so much data that we can learn from and use. And I, I really want to push that data, not only to help a hotel make more money and give back more to the, the community in a way that's good for the guests, but to, to keep pushing hard on that customized experience. And you, you take Hawaii again, you have 10 million visitors in Hawaii prior to the pandemic. And why would you want to look at hotels and a guide and content that's the same for everyone? And you know, we're, we're going to take those 10 million visitors and distill it to one. And, you know, to, to me, that all rolls around content and, and data. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm excited about. That's I'm awesome. not going to be the guy who says, you know, we need to get our preoccupied room costs down from, you know, down by two cents. And we need to do that. <laughs> but that's, that's somebody else's role. Right. Cool. Well, I've, I've really enjoyed uh, the conversation, Ben, and it's been really inspiring. How can people, you know, get a hold of you guys at Springboard and, or find out more? Well, obviously springboardhospitality.com. And as we've learned, I'm, I'm more than happy to give my cell phone number out to, uh, to everybody. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so, you know, 808-349-0670. Give me a call. Great thing is, the, the way to learn something is to learn from other people because they're out there experiencing it, right? You can only do so much yourself. So just, I really love the potential for the industry coming out of this as we, as we work through this totally. obviously challenging times. Yep. Awesome. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining us. It was a great conversation. And uh, until we chat again, have a good one. Great. Thank you. Wonderful. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Future Hospitality Podcast. If you enjoyed today's topic and episode, please leave us a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Future Hospitality and on Facebook by searching for Future Hospitality.